So welcome everyone to Carving a New Path. My name is Andrea Hyland. I'm the host of this show. And before I introduce my guest, Sophia Wren, I want to just say that this podcast began in 2020 in response to all the change that people were experiencing. And so the conversations and guests on this podcast have already listened to their inner voice and birthed new ways of being in the world. And I felt like these conversations could be helpful to all of us who are continuing to evolve in our lives. Well, last week, uh, Sophia Wren and I talked about her journey as a writer and a teacher, and that's episode 24. So if you want a little more background on her, you can go listen to that. But today for episode 25, we're going to talk about cultivating a writing practice, as well as some other things that tie in with that. And before we begin our conversation, I just want to share a few things about Sophia. She helps sensitive people write for a book or business so that they can serve a wider audience. Um, Sophia has pursued a passion for publishing online and in books for over 20 years. And for 10 years, she's run her own business, learning how to sell and connect with writing. She now focuses on entrepreneurs and writers ready to hone their writing, reach the people they are here to serve, and feel the love. And she's also the creator of the 21-Day Heart felt writing challenge, which begins in a few days on December 18th. So if you miss that and you listen to this recording later, just know that she does this um, once, twice, three times a year, I guess, depending on what the year is. And so that you can uh, check out her website that's in the, the um, show description. <laughs> Sorry, lost words there for a moment, <laughs> show description. And I will just move into how today we're going to talk about cultivating a writing practice. So welcome, Sophia. Hey, thank you for the wonderful introduction. Appreciate mm. it. The chat. Yeah, I love I love having conversations with you. First of all, I just want to say to to anyone who sees this on YouTube and sees what we each look like and all that. Yes, I did say 20 years as a writer because you began mm -hmm. writing as a child. And I know we went into that last week, so I'm not sure if there's anything that you want to say about that. But feel free to bring that into the conversation. Yeah, I'll just- Yeah, I'm so it. lucky that I started very early. Um, it was more sporadic, probably for the first- I don't know, five to 10 years. I say I've been writing for 20 years. It's probably been closer to 25 or whatever, but I just for ease of <laughs> not having to count it all out. Sure. Um, I'm 36 now. So yeah, it was around middle school that I started my first blog and that I didn't know that that would be a life-changing experience. It wasn't something I really put a lot of time into at the time, but in my twenties, that's when I really started to recognize that writing is amazing tool and I should do more of it and I should do it every day. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I know today that we'll kind of go back and forth talking about cultivating a writing practice because it has been something that's been really valuable for both of us that, that we've each had a, a writing pra practice and 
what that is. And so I'm really anticipating that we'll kind of share some of those examples back and forth. And also that we've seen it with our clients, like Mm -hmm. what it is to cultivate a writing practice. Um, So I'm going to just kind of bounce it into your, you know, pass the walking stick, as they say to you, to start this conversation off about uh, anything that comes up for you about cultivating a writing practice. So what immediately popped into my head was this one woman that I was hired to help write. Um, She wanted to write. uh, She came to me because I was helping people to write and edit books and all these other things. And, but she, she basically had a book inside of her that hadn't gotten out and she even had a book deal, but it was so many years before um, it'd been about six years since she talked to that publisher and it had just been weighing in the back of her mind for these years that she hadn't written the book yet. Um, And she hadn't had time because she had two kids. She was a professor and how on earth she was going to write the book she never could figure out so she hired me to get some help with that and right away I had her set up what I call a writing tracker um I think it's a really really great tool if you want to start any habit but a writing practice it's really great um especially if you struggle if you've got a lot of things going on it's really helpful so it's basically just like it was basically just like an excel sheet and we just tracked the days and did she write or did she not write and just more information about what what was going on um and so then we would but then we would check in on the phone I don't know about every two weeks every month something like that for for, I think we had three sessions so in the beginning it was like she would come and she would be like yeah I didn't get any writing done but we would dig into it and we would see you know what how are you feeling about that because so many people have this feeling when they don't write when they don't meet their goal about I want to write. Um, it's a bad feeling. And then now when you go to think about writing, now you have a bad feeling attached to it. Mm-hmm. And you might think that that's like, it's like, you know, if you do something bad in your life and you feel guilt, it can kind of help you recognize, you know, I did something that's not the best and I'm going to try to do better. But this isn't really the same thing because it becomes a burden. It becomes a weight that actually keeps you from having any positive association with writing and just beating yourself up. And so we kind of dug into all of these contributing factors that led to that beat up feeling in the past and even kind of doing some healing work on an old academic advisor that was really sexist and things like that. You know, those things can get into your head when you start to try to write and you start going through this process. There's so many things that come up to be healed sometimes. And it's, For that very reason alone, I think it's worth trying to do just to try to get that stuff out, out of you. Um, But anyway, so over time, you know, we kind of were talking about like, okay, what was your goal? Okay, that didn't happen. How can we tweak it? You know, if it's not going to happen every day, if it's not going to happen during your office hours, it's not going to happen that time you blocked it off in your calendar, you know, where, where else could we put it? Where else could we put it? And by the end session, she came up with this brilliant idea that, hey, I'm teaching a class next semester. I decided we're going to teach the book. And so every week I'm going to have to, you know, first I'm going to have to make the outline for the class. And then every week I'm going to have to create the teaching materials. And I'm basically going to create the same content that I'm going to have for the book. Mm -hmm. And 
that's how she did it. And she was complete. She had a she created her own little system to do it. So I just thought that was such an amazing situation. And it just spoke to how all of us are different. All of us sort of got our little quirks in our life and stuff like that. So I think the key is really to A, release yourself from guilt and shame about not writing because it's really not helpful. And then two, just try to like observe non-judgmentally at what's going on, you know, what is working or not working and just take it bit by bit. You know, if you just say tomorrow, I'm going to wake up early and do this and that doesn't happen, ask yourself why or what could have worked better and then just keep doing that. And then if you just keep doing that over and over again, eventually you're going to figure something out for yourself and just give yourself a little patience. So, so yeah, that's, um, I, I love that. That's so inspiring. And there's, um, I want to share a little bit about how I started writing like on a regular basis. And before I do that, I want to shine a light on how you were just talking about she created the course and out of the course, the book came. And something that I've noticed working with clients and with myself is that, you know, this idea of don't let anyone see the material before you you put something mm-hmm. out when in actuality, many books have been written from blog blogs that people have done Yeah, by pulling those blog posts. And it would say, well, why would someone buy your book if they've already been reading your, your blog? Well, it's because your blog is in piecemeal pieces and they, if there's the value in the information, they're going to buy the, buy the book where it's all put together and that you can edit those, those pieces, you can add things to them and it doesn't have to be in the order that you put the blogs in even. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, um, but something else I just want to bring into the conversation. I was thinking about how, like I was a journal writer for a long time and I would say at different parts of my life, There were times where I thought I wanted to write a book, didn't really know what I would write the book on, and that it would come up every once in a while. You know, someone would say, oh, you've been traveling with your kids, homeschooling. Why don't you write a book about that? Like how you come up with the trips and what you do on the trips and help people plan. And so there was a certain point, actually, I remember it was in 2004, I decided that I was going to, and I was homeschooling my kids, working part-time jobs, renovating a house with my husband, very busy life. And that I decided that every Friday morning, I was going to go to a bagel shop for an hour and just start working on the book. And I feel like one of the misconceptions, people think, oh, I've set aside the time. Now it's all just going to come together. No, I would sit there and eat my bagel and drink my coffee, and I would just dream about what what would I write? And maybe I'd jot down a few notes, but it wasn't really coming together as far as what I wanted. And then life took a huge plot twist turn. My husband was diagnosed with cancer. He had almost a year-long journey of cancer treatments. He died. I then had his business to deconstruct. You know, it was like a, a five-year period there mm. where I 
still was a journal writer, but I didn't have time to think about doing anything other than, oh, and actually I did start blogging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm thinking, oh, nothing else happened. No, actually I did end up mentoring a group of women to write stories for a Conscious Choices book. I mean, right. There were things that, that were happening. So yes. but it yes. wasn't like time for my my book to yeah, come. Right. It was uh, an, another book and other things were building. But then I moved from Maryland to California. And there was a point where my daughter and I sublet an apartment. And I, for the first time, really had this like window where Every morning, I like I had a routine. I got up, I wrote in a journal, I did Tai Chi. It was like five minutes of this, five minutes of that, five minutes of meditating. And then I walked to a coffee shop and I would sit there and write. Mm-hmm. And for three hours, I would give myself every morning time in the coffee shop to write. And the thing that, that like cultivating a writing practice what started to happen, because I didn't know what I was going to write about, mm-hmm. but what started to happen by that commitment to a time and a place on a consistent basis, and I think it would have worked if I said Sunday mornings or, you know, like, or Tuesday evenings or, or something, but just carving out that time that it's like, this is my time to write. What started to happen was on that 10-minute walk to the coffee shop, I would start to have ideas about what I was going to write, even to the point where I'd pull out my my phone to make a voice memo so that I made sure that when I arrived, that's what I was going to write about. And I ended up in two months writing 70 articles on grief transformation. That then became a blog talk radio show that I did a few months later, 44 days of blog talk radio on grief transformation. I started posting the recordings and then attracted 27 guests who talked about grief and talked about ways they'd navigated it. Mm -hmm. And then out of that, I got the idea for Heal My Voice and to have Mm -hmm. develop a nine-month program to work with women on writing stories about trauma, loss, grief, reclaim the power and step into greater leadership. So like that's part of my story about what cultivating that practice. And it doesn't mean that that those three hours, like I would always sit down and know what to write. Sometimes it was just like, I'm here, I'm listening. I'm, you know. An open. Right. I am open. I'm an open vessel. So yeah. So just the power of that yeah. and what gets activated in our brains. So. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good too, to be like, you know, people can be in different places. So there's no like advice for the one right way to do stuff, to do right. right do any of this and I and I feel like almost like these projects that we want to work on it's so common that I one of the reasons why I say I help people to write for their book or their business and even maybe just even a personal story is because a lot of times people will come saying I want to write this and as we work together it transforms into some other thing and that's so common yeah because that's 
just sort of what happens a lot of times. Um, they're just, there's a lot of different ways to share. And we're all so complex and have so many different things we could write about that that even can be a place people can get stuck in. Like, what am I going to do? I kind of see it as, or they're clinging really hard to, but I said I was going to write this book and get it done this year. And that was my goal for the year. And so I have to write about this, but I can't write about this. Help me write about this, but my heart actually wants to write about this other thing now. <laughs> and but I'm going to force myself to do the other one. You know, <laughs> it did so. Um, I think having a certain amount, it's kind of a balance, and and you have to discern what is right for you. If you really are procrastinating something, your heart is saying is for right now. Go for it. Try to put yourself down and and sit and write about it. Okay, but maybe there's another project calling to you and it's time to be open and flexible and let your heart go because I kind of see all these books and projects as like like little little balls like little circles that are floating and dancing around in the air and sometimes they're so close you can just reach up and touch it and grab it and sometimes they kind of float away for a while and <laughs> you're like come back um but it's just <laughs> It's just what it is, you know, like that's kind of what I was hearing when you were saying you had to take kind of five years to process all of the things that were the domino effect of your husband getting cancer. You know, mm -hmm. the book was like right there, you could almost taste it, but then it kind of floated away for a while. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and you know, and it's whatever is going to come will come. And I think when you sort of sit down and see your writing practice as almost like a spiritual practice that it kind of engenders more trust that this isn't just your little thought babies like you are part of a greater creative world a greater creative process and to some degree you need to surrender it's not all in your control and if the book wants to come out now amazing um some people and some people have a totally different philosophy you know i know stephen king is like inspiration doesn't wait for you i'm gonna write eight hours a day hey that works for him cool but some people are more like, this is a magical process and it wants to come to me right now. It doesn't want to come to me right now. You know, I've done everything I can to do to try, but maybe it's not the moment. And I'm going to go see what it is the moment for and do some other thing. Cause you were like, oh, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I love how your thought was like, I didn't do anything. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. No, I did a lot of things. <laughs> Cause our brains always do that. I always hear that from people like, yeah, no, I didn't do any writing. I didn't really. And I'm like, what else did you do? Like, oh yeah, I ran a marathon <laughs> and my leg and I've been going on these medical appointments. I'm like, okay, then you've been doing some things. Mm -hmm. Let's just acknowledge a lot of things were happening. It just wasn't that specific thing you really were attached to. And that's where we have to kind of meet life where yes. it wants to take us. <laughs> it is. And I have never written a book about homeschooling and the innovative way that I did it and community building and, and all that. But I've used those skills that I learned from doing that mm. to do other things. And really, there was a book that was birthed in that five years that mm. wasn't the original idea it and it was 
actually Karen Porter standing up in an evolutionary women retreat and saying, I think we should all write a book. And I got like a zing in my body of like, oh, I'm going to be a part of that project, you know, while I'm also t- handling details after my husband has died, you know, that were still going on for years. And that book actually became a foundational piece for Heal My Voice that I had no idea that I would hold space for women writing stories, you know, like, where does that come from? And that to me is the power of cultivating a writing practice is that there's something about the inquiry and the creating some kind of space for it, whether it's I'm going to start every day with writing for five minutes. I'm going to end every day with writing for five minutes. Something that just gives it value, you know, makes it important, uh, a priority in some ways. Like it's just such an important part. Like to me, it's, and it may not be writing for someone. It may be art of some kind. It may be playing the guitar and just seeing what music comes out as you every day make some commitment to hold that guitar in your arms. Um, Yeah, I feel like it's one of the, it should be in the survival part of the hierarchy of needs. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. food, water, sleep, creativity, Mm -hmm. because that just, it brings out something in us. It really does, you know, and it's, it's, if you're trying to write, um, you know, when we have that real specific attachment that causes us to beat up on ourselves, I think we're forgetting that the real commitment is to yourself. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're deciding like, Hey, I matter and my thoughts and my feelings matter. And that's why I'm putting pen to paper because I want to honor that Mm -hmm. in this process and see what comes out. And that's going to be, and it could be really cool because I'm really cool. Mm-hmm. And if you're coming at it from that place of like, I'm investing in myself, then, and you remember, oh, hey, that's why I'm doing this. So beating myself up, wow, that is completely not in line with my real goal, you know, to know why you're really, really doing this. And there's so many studies that have been done on writing and how it's really beneficial for your mental health and healing trauma and so many great things. And and I think that's why me and you are like, we're, we're so about writing and we share about <laughs> writing and want to get everyone writing. But at the same time, we can be like, but if you don't write and you just dance. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just do yeah. something that sparks that creativity inside of you because it is about you. And it yeah. can be so easy to get caught up in what other people need or what we think we need to be doing for other people, you know? I just want to kind of turn the attention to the 21-day heartfelt writing challenge that begins on December 18th, because it's something that you've done a number of times. And I'd love to have you talk about the challenge and also to continue this idea of cultivating a writing practice that what is, yeah, I feel like let's turn some attention to that for a minute. I love the challenge. Um, I'm so glad that it's um, 
it's happening, you know, that we're doing one um, next week. And if people are hearing this way later, uh, one, it goes for 21 days and you can always hop in after the, after it starts. And two, I'm going to be doing it again. I, I do it multiple times a year. Um, and it's just a way to get people together, to get people excited about writing. And we have these prompts that we collectively do every day for 21 days. And it's just a way to kind of spark inspiration and spark some self-reflection and connecting to your heart um, to, again, be investing in that very important you person that doesn't always get focus with all of the distractions that you have. Um, so that is the kind of writing that will really bring you closer to yourself and closer to what is really next for you when you're operating from that connection to yourself. Um, so I really love it. I think it's a great way for me. I mean, I love it for myself because it's, even though I write regularly, it's, it's just nice to have a community. It's also really nice to have these prompts that always feel really positive and, um, take my mind to a positive place whenever I do them. So it's nice to have that. I've found that my creativity has opened in unexpected ways. Last time I started, um, making music again, which I hadn't in a while. And that was really nice. Um, so it can take you unexpected places, but really can spark inspiration for any project that you're working on. Um, and anybody who signs up also gets my tracker that I talked about helping people to make, to use writing trackers to build a daily habit. I actually have all kinds of versions of different trackers. So you can try it yourself and there's training, there's a video and PDF about how to use the tracker. Um, so that's all free. And yeah, it's just kind of like a little party. And this time around, I'm getting that the vibe is reinvention. Not like that everything we have is bad and we should throw it all away and start over. But just like like when snow dusts things in winter and everything looks a little different, even though it's basically the same. There's something about when you have this fresh new energy come in, you can kind of reinvent um a space. And that's, that's what I'm getting for this time around. Um, just kind of clearing out maybe something we don't need, but, but also focusing our energy on what is really gonna flip things around to a positive place. And I have no idea what is in store for myself because the thing about the creative process is you never know what's going to happen until you're looking <laughs> back and then you think, oh, of course, mm -hmm. but um, it's all kind of a mystery. So it's, uh, yeah, I think of it as almost like, you know, it's right now it's also December. So a lot of people are giving gifts, but there's so many things you can't buy at the store. You know, you can't buy peace at the store or <laughs> clarity on your life purpose or what am I going to do about this problem? You know, you can't always buy those things at the store, but you can give it to yourself a lot of times when you write. So it's like having 21 little presents for yourself. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. The present today. And it's something that you have a secret Facebook group and people can <laughs> um, also you're still sending it out by email also? Yeah, I distribute it different ways depending, you know, so people can kind of choose if they want to, um, they can join the Facebook group where we're going to have things shared there. If they want to, they can get my email announcements. Um, that's where I tell everybody what's generally going on. And then you can also select to get the prompts every day by email if that's the way you want to get it. 
don't have to. Um, and then also I'm going to share on threads and mm -hmm. possibly LinkedIn. So it always depends like on what my mood is, but yeah. um, I try to make it. So there's lots of different ways you can get, get the prompts. I love that. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to also give us space a little bit here as we're kind of getting toward the end of our conversation, but to talk about deletion, deleting yeah. things. Oh my gosh. All of a sudden I was like, no, I don't want to delete what I write. <laughs> I just, I just, that's so funny. Cause when we talked about it earlier, I was like, yeah, yeah. Deletion right now. I'm like going, no, I'm wanting to hold on to things. So yeah. Talk to us about deletion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's really been bubbling in me lately. This, this idea of deletion, because um, if you're writing, you're going to have a lot of words. Eventually you're going to have a lot of things. And even when we're just thinking about kind of going forward in our lives, you know, we, we kind of, I, I have this image in my life of like, we're supposed to be climbing these mountains, you know, and if you're always trying to go up and, you know, you're always trying to build things up. So if you were to like turn around and go down, it's almost like if people were watching the movie of your life, they would be like, no, no, wrong way. Don't, no, no, down is up, up is down. What are you doing? You've got it all mixed up. So it's like, we don't want to go back. We don't want to, if we're trying to add words, we don't want to delete words, but sometimes it's okay. Sometimes there's something really beautiful about the clean slate or just having a little space to focus on the things that are like your favorites. And the cool thing about words is that we can put it into an archive, which we might talk about in a future episode. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Stick it in another document and go put that in a folder and just kind of keep it, but not look at it. You know, there's something really free. And I think I was part of, I, I it's so present for me too, because since I was growing up in this era of blogs, that there's, it was always kind of I was always aware of like this digital reality of you can put something out there and then you can like make it private or you can remove it and delete it and take it away. And sometimes even when we're using these different new ways to publish things, they disappear. So like you were putting your webs, your words on a website. I do like to keep a copy of all my words for that reason, just for myself, because sometimes those websites disappear, but it can be so horrifying. Like, oh my God, like all my stuff is there but it's also kind of an opportunity because it's like okay clear slate we're gonna refocus on things you know because I think that as a writer what I've learned is it's the distillation and the simplification that is really where like the genius is mm -hmm. seen by others mm -hmm. you know when you're able to crystallize like uh, a concept that you've been writing about for two years into a podcast or a sentence, you know, it, it's so satisfying. Um, and so sometimes you have to go through this process of like a million different paths to just pick one or just to, just to distill it down. And when you have space, when you can delete all that, <laughs> detach and just go forward in a new way um it's a lot easier just to get to the point i don't know it's it's magic so yeah no i love i love all of your different uh yeah i'm actually feeling like maybe in a future um podcast we'll even talk even more about this and sure. and to talk about the 
the digital process of archiving and and being able to access writing. Because one of the things that comes up for me is that that time when I wrote 70 articles in two months on grief transformation, I have rewritten those articles a number of times. And so part of the deletion is actually not holding on to what the original one is. I rewrote them because I'm a better writer now than Mm -hmm. I am or than I was then. And there are times where I've just needed to put something out there. And then when I go back, it's like, you know, five years later, I'm like, okay, that was really good to say that out loud. And I don't need to just like you talked about the distillation process. It's like, it's no longer necessary to go into some of those details. It's not about thinking I needed to hide them. It's just that it's just not part of the story that I can actually tell it in five sentences instead of 50 sentences, you know? And so, yeah, that whole process of what is deletion. And, you know, sometimes something happens in the computer world where things do get lost and deleted. And it's like, okay, Give, light a candle, spend some time oh. grieving. <laughs> you know, yeah. the words are still inside of you. The experience is still inside of you. And what what is important to express into the world will come back in whatever form is meant to. You know, right, right. And I got I got the image when you're talking about that about of like um, watered down Kool Aid. <laughs> Yeah, You know, like sometimes we look back at the things we've written and we're like, okay, okay. I can see it's a little pink. It's a little, uh-huh. little color <laughs> in there, but it's real. it's, it's, it could be more concentrated. Yeah. And so it's not until, you know, you got to cut the water mm-hmm. to get it to be like a real strong red Kool-Aid mm-hmm. or just fruit mm-hmm. juice. Let's just move out of Kool-Aid world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> right. Not trying to make real concentrated fruit juice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want a few little drops, uh, can be very tasty compared to a whole glass of watered down Kool-Aid. Um, so yeah, it's all more is more. And yeah, sometimes you just ditch the old and just start with the start fresh, start new and just rewrite it. And it can come out like in two paragraphs and be very satisfying. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. But I also totally get like wanting to keep a copy of it. And I'm totally for that. <laughs> we can all do that. The cool thing about text files is that they are so small mm-hmm. that you keep a little copy for yourself for the rest of your life and it could probably fit on any computer. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we'll talk more about that in um, the new year about the archiving and yeah, that really has come up for me lately because of the writing in the incubator. And I'm like, oh, I wrote about this. It would be really good to pull that information and then to get to it quickly instead of two hours of trying to find it and what file and when did I write that and where was it and what blog was it on or where, da, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to that. Anything else cool. that you want to say about cultivating a writing process or deletion? Mm-hmm. 
as we kind of wrap up? Yeah, I just, it all comes back down to awareness and just being aware of what's going on and not judging it too much, you know, and just, Mm -hmm. um, and writing itself is such a great way to become aware. Yeah, it is. If you're ever wondering what's going on, just try writing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Your voice matters and you deserve to have the time and attention to hear your own voice and also to share what you feel. You want to take some space. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Sophia. I'm enjoying our writing conversations on the podcast and I know there will be more to come in 2024. And so um, thanks. And thanks everyone for listening. Um, And that's it. That's a, that's a wrap for this season of talking about writing. So thanks. Okay. Bye now. Oops.